What's going on, everybody? Thanks for tuning in the JM Special, where they talk about Magic the Gathering, Warhammer 40k, Dungeons & Dragons, and other aspects of my nerdy life. My name is John, and I'll be your host for this Magic Monday. This episode is going to focus around um, deck building for brand new casual players for Magic the Gathering. I'm going to delve a little bit more into um, a little bit more of an advanced strategy for you and the concept behind um, aggro and control decks and how to portion your deck off to at least get you a basic skeleton for playing the game. I know whenever I got started playing Magic, um, I was playing casually. I was playing with, you know, me and a couple of my friends. And something that I have to tell you is when you're playing multiplayer versus 1v1, your deck design is going to look a little bit different. You need to be adding a couple extra factors into it that you wouldn't necessarily see in 1v1 Magic. Um, or sometimes the proportions might be just a little bit different. And honestly, right now I'm going through some different licensing, you know, finances and things along those lines. And uh, we're talking about diversifying portfolios for people. Well, I thought, well, maybe I'll take the magic deck approach with making a diverse deck, something that is good in a multiplayer format. What kind of percentages can I actually bring out for the card types you're looking to bring to your deck, or at least what they're planning on doing for you? So sit back, relax. This is going to be a quick one, um, but I'm going to talk to you guys about how you can diversify your magic deck for basic deck building, specifically for aggro and control. So as I was mentioning, you're going to want to look at different ways to diversify your deck to make sure that if you're playing in a multiplayer or casual setting, you have enough pieces in your deck to be able to be versatile when you hit the battlefield. One of the biggest struggles that I found playing multiplayer games versus 1v1 magic is that the versatility you need to have in your deck, you need to be able to respond to your opponents, but you also need to be able to win the game yourself. If you're building a control deck, you don't want everything to be a control piece. You don't want every time you turn around, you have like 20 different counter spells in your deck, card draw, but no way to win the game. Because um, that just doesn't work out very well. And that was where some of the concepts of my, you know, financing world kind of came into play was when you're diversifying a portfolio for somebody, you want to make sure that it is protecting them on all sides of things. You want to meet their goal. And that's where you have to figure out the goal of your deck. Like you have to figure out an investment goal, you have to figure out a, I guess, investment of cards goal for when you're building your Magic the Gathering decks. Yes, you might want to go through and play more of a control deck where you're stopping your opponents from being able to play things, but you still need to be able to win the game or in a way grow your board so that way it's not you constantly being on the back foot getting destroyed over and over and over again. And especially when you're playing a multiplayer format, when you're facing, you know, two or more opponents, you're going to come to find that if you don't have anything on your board, you're an easy target versus the guys that have four or five creatures on their sides of the board. So the percentages I kind of came up with is if you're building your deck, kind of like what I was mentioning before, the rule of nine or rule of 10 for like a standard 60 card, like normal deck, um, you're going to want to have you know, 20 lands or 24 lands, depending on which rule you're going with there. And then you need to have, you know, 40 non-land cards or 36, depending on which one you're going with again. But that's not the important part here. Um, the important part is percentages of how you want to break up your non-land cards. Because you're aiming for two-thirds of your deck to be non-land cards. These are the cards that are actually going to do something whenever you decide to tap mana and play them. 
So if you're playing an aggro deck, what you want to look for is about 65% of those non-land cards need to help you win the game. They need to be proactive and it makes you the threat. So when you're playing goblin guides, you know, one red mana, boom, you bring a goblin to battlefield, you know that he's going to be tapping and attacking. Yes, he has the downside. Your opponent might get some lands off of him, but for two damage on turn one and going forward is a pretty decent place to be at there. You want to try and throw a bunch of these aggro guys into your deck. The higher your mana cost, just know that the later you have to play them. Aggro decks usually don't play very well in the late game, but having a few higher, you know, converted mana cost creatures that have multiple effects to close out the game is a good idea. Having a big old ship and dragon can be a decent idea for your casual red deck. Then 25% of your deck needs to help, you know, stop your opponent from stopping you winning. So that's a weird way of just saying it helps stop your opponent so you can win, but you want to make it to a point where you are removing threats in a strategic manner that's going to help you win the game. So the whole time you're playing aggro, every single card you put in there and every single play that you make should be focused on saying, how can this card or this play help me win the game? Will me playing this lightning bolt to kill their, um, you know, 3-3 blocker? be a better move than just hitting them directly for three that's up to the deck that you decide to build and it's up to the specific play that you're jumping into but you need to make sure that you have enough cards in the deck that can actually make those decisions where they count sometimes these cards can get rid of blockers other times they can just hit your opponent directly in the face sometimes they can also stop your opponent from winning the game themselves because ultimately as an aggro player if your opponent is a faster aggro player and they win the game before you you've still lost the game so if you don't have a way to get rid of their threats that would ultimately help them win the game you're going to be the loser of that game the easiest way I can think of that is if your opponent is playing a combo where they're needing two or three different cards, making sure you have a quick little spell, um, like a disenchant to destroy their artifact or their enchantment, can be a good idea to stop them from comboing out and winning the game so you can continue your aggro plan as well. Some people consider this to be more of a tempo deck move, which I love tempo decks, but you know tempo is where you have to be both aggro and control you have to go back and forth but we're not going to delve into that kind of side of things here we're specifically aggro so you need to make sure you have spells that will help advance your game plan and stop your opponent from winning so 65 percent helps you win 25 percent helps stop your opponent from winning and then 10 percent is your reset button cards so in multiplayer you need to have these cards these are cards like board wipes that are going to essentially reset the board um, if your opponent is much faster than you are on the aggro side of things or maybe they've got a lot of pieces of their um, combo assembled it's time for you to play a card or cards that will just wipe the board um, you know be it an artifact wipe or an enchantment wipe or creature wipe it, it doesn't really matter you're just looking for cards that can help you out with wiping the board and making sure that you can build back up that's the nice part with the aggro deck is you have a, usually a bunch of cheap little creatures that can attack in and take down the opponent's life total but you're going to come to find out that sometimes your opponents might have more creatures than you or they might have certain things stopping you from winning or maybe you just had a very bad draw and you didn't you weren't able to get on the battlefield turn one or turn two maybe it was much later than that that you were able to start building up your army more or less so if playing one of these board wipes or reset button cards is going to help you with being able to jump in and start off as if it is a new kind of game now on the offside here let's look at control control 
you want to have 25% of your cards will help you win the game. These are going to be your finishers, and usually they're going to be late game. Now, they can be early game and they just grow, but most of the time, you're going to find these big late game drops. Like Sarah Angel, back in the day, she was the all-star for control decks. She was in the deck, which was a control deck, where she was one of the, you know, two or three different threats that were in the deck that would actually be able to attack in and kill the opponent. So you want to find cards that are going to be decent there. They're usually going to be late drop bombs that, you know, with her, she can fly and she can attack and defend thanks to Vigilance. So playing other creatures or spells, it's going to be up to what deck you decide to play, but you're going to be able to drop in this big old beater that's going to win the game. Otherwise, like think of Terramander. It's a one mana, you know, flying little lizard creature thing, but you can pay some mana on it in later game and now it is a much bigger flying creature jace's phantasm one of my all-time favorite cards it's a one mana one one flyer for one but if your opponent has so many cards in their graveyard well now it's a five five flyer so think about it that way you want to have cards that are going to help you win on the control side then 65 percent needs to stop your opponent so now this is where your control side of things, you can start throwing in counter spells. You can th start throwing in fatal pushes, pad the exiles, different kind of removal spells. They're gonna get rid of your opponent's creatures and then getting getting them off the battlefield, either in exile or back to their hand. Really, it's, again, it's up to you on what card you're gonna play here, but the more versatile it can be, the better, especially in multiplayer. Something that gets rid of a non-land permanent is better than something that just gets rid of a creature if they both cost the same amount of mana and they both cost, um, the speed is the same if they're both instant spe instant speed spells. So keep that in mind. And then of course, 10% reset button cards again. These are your board wipes. Now this might be different for you depending on your deck. You might wanna include more of these in your deck. You may wanna include less of these. It's really up to you, but the 10% really helps out with just kind of, if all fails, you wanna have these cards in the deck to help you out there. So let me just rephrase again, control. 25% of your cards are going to be your game winners, your win con. They're going to help you win. 65% is going to be stopping your opponent, either stopping them from winning or stopping them from preventing you from playing. If they decide to say, oh, I'm going to play a, you know, lightning bolt to kill your creature. Well, I'm going to play a counter spell to stop you from doing that. So that way I can win this game. And then of course that 10% is the reset button. So roughly it's like 26 cards. So when you think of 65%, think 26 cards. When you're thinking 25%, think 10 cards. When you're thinking 10%, think four cards. At that point, you have your non-land cards broken up and you have your land cards broken up for your mana base. You wanna make sure your lands are gonna be in conjunction with the colors that you're playing, your converted mana cost that you're gonna need. If you're playing a lot of more spells that are one red mana, um, one or two red mana but then your other half of the deck is a bunch of black mana make sure your red mana comes in untapped right away so that way you can play those one and two mana spells right away so yeah that's just kind of what i had on my mind just a little thought experiment as far as uh, multiplayer diversity in your decks use these percentages in commander or whatever deck you decide to build but i was just using a standard 60 card deck to kind of help you guys out keep in mind those play sets are huge you're going to come to find that's going to help out your percentages enormously with being able to just jump in and say oh well i've already got 65 percent of the cards in here because i decided to bring you know, three or four different play sets of these cards. Now I've just got to figure out a few more to throw in there. So anyways, if you guys have questions, comments, concerns, feel free to let me know at the JM special um, at gmail.com, which is the official Gmail for the podcast or the JM special on Twitter. Um, 
Otherwise, you can find me at the Real J Ham on just about every other social media platform out there. I'd love to hear you guys' comment and feedback. I've gotten some before already from our listeners, and that's helped prompted episodes for the future as well. If you want to talk more magic, let me know. If you want to talk more D&D, Warhammer, or any of the other hobbies that I like to do, you know, hit me up and uh, let me know. We'll do a podcast around it. But until next time, you guys have a great rest of your week, and we will see you on the next one.